All right, all right. You got to fix my life later. I got money on this. I want to stay in a good mood. You know, keep positive because this is fight night. Don't make Michael grow up here. This isn't a beach town anymore. It's a sewer. But it's my sewer, Jiminy, and I love it. I kick around about six square blocks. Everybody knows me. I got the whole town wired. Someday if I manage to get my face on TV a few times, maybe I'll run for mayor or something. But that's as far as I want to go because I was made for this sewer, baby, and I am the king! Hey, mother... Hey, welcome to Yippie Kaye Mother Podcast Classic. What's Classic. happening, everybody? Hey, Hello. hey Ralph, how's it going? Hey, we, fine. we got one less square. What's up? Uh, Sean and Debbie couldn't make it tonight. We had to shift schedules around a little bit, but we thought we'd go anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, We're going to make this is our, you know. It's our classic show. So, yeah. so what what's happening is I'm gonna we're gonna review or talk about 1998's Snake Eyes, directed by Brian De Palma, and then we'll do a little round of what you watch. Um, and since there's only four of us, I'm not even gonna put the timer on. So oh god! Oh, I may god. still stop you after two you minutes. Just open but, the uh, door. I know. Oh, I know. I, I probably shouldn't have said anything. Oh, but uh, that's. Well, I'm not even gonna talk about RRR in the theater until the other show. So. Save yeah, some well, time there. Okay. Uh, listen, before we begin, I think we should mention, we mentioned it last week, but Tom Sizemore actually did pass. Mm. Yes, yeah, he is still dead. Gone. That's true. Uh, I cannot is. believe he was only 61. Is that what I saw? <laughs> yeah, My, 61. That shocked me. I thought he, he lived was, hard. I mean, that's hard. I, that's old. I mean, that is old. Don't get me wrong. But uh, Very I thought old. he was older than that. Very freaky. I thought old. of my brother right away at 61. Yeah. I, was I like, just want to, okay, while we're talking about, I'm going to show you my new toy. I got this thing. Oh, awesome. God. Okay. Can you see this little TV? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you turn it on and it plays Jaws scenes, scenes from Jaws. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> what, what, uh, what is that? An LCD screen? It's a little, little TV. And, uh, oh, and a stand and everything. Universal logo here. I got a little remote. Little <laughs> <laughs> is there a version that only plays Amir Khan clips? Because oh, I know somebody probably, who would like that. Know, <laughs> Let's see, I can't. Where did you get that? At a thrift store? No, I got this at uh, GameStop. Nice. Oh, my God. Maybe that yeah. is so cool. The mayor scene. Guy. Wow. Anyway. Wait, we can't even talk about that movie on this show. I know, but I got I a mean, TV. What, what the hell? <laughs> that is very cool. All right. So. And it looks like a little 70s TV. Like it. I hope you two will be very happy together. We're going we're gonna to be very happy. Um, so Snake Eyes, yeah. 1998, Snake starring Eyes. Nicolas Cage, directed by Brian De Palma. Um, this With is towards Gary the Sinise. end of, what's that? With Gary Sinise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list, the, it's Gary Sinise, John Hurd, mm, Carla Gugino. Yeah. Mm. Oh, please Stan Shaw nice. plays the boxer. Kevin Dunn, mm -hmm. also the name of Ka Gary Sinise's character, Kevin Dunn. Uh, Michael Rispoli, you know, he was in The Sopranos. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff. And, of course, Luis Guzman is in there for a little bit. Louis Guzman. Uh, very nice. Louis Guzman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kevin Dunn, interestingly, because he had the same name as Gary Sinise, um, he got a penthouse. They, they, they rented Gary Sinise yeah. a penthouse, and then... He had to get kicked out, and he went to they. They said a oh, uh, Kevin Dunn, right? A chain. It went to a chain. He went to a yeah. chain hotel. Poor bastard. Um, all right, so this is pure Nicholas Cage, pure Brian De Palma, kind of like unfiltered. Both of them, mm -hmm. and pure and, David uh, Cap, I would argue, and David Cap also, right? 
He's mm-hmm. one of Brian Palmer's screenwriters as well. So the synopsis of the story is um, uh, Nicholas Cage plays kind of a crooked cop who's going to. Well, yeah, he's, well, he's a crooked cop. <laughs> just, a, yeah. just a little. A little bit. A little crooked. Just a little bit. Uh, goes to a fight night. Uh, happened. His, his buddy, his old lifelong buddy or old friend uh, growing up is Gary Sinise, plays a naval security officer because the. Um, uh, Secretary of Defense. Secretary of Defense is coming in, and there's some missile thing, a test. It's all about a test that they had to do. Um, and there's an assassination that takes place. Uh, and the movie basically is, and, and, and Brian De Palma says it's his version of Rashomon, yeah. where you're seeing the same scene from different uh, perspectives. And ultimately, Nicolas Cage has to solve this mystery because he happened to be there. The woman, uh, uh, Carla Gugini plays a whistleblower who, who tries to warn the one. I said her name wrong, right? Probably. That's all right. You did. That's okay. Well, it's, That's a, it's an Italian name and it has What's, a vowel how, on the how end. How do you say so her name? Gugino, isn't it? Gugino. Yeah. That's not what you said though. So. Oh, okay. You said Gugini. Like, Gugini. Well, anyway, she plays, she plays this blonde woman. Yeah. She's not blonde. Uh, who's trying to warn the secretary of defense and he gets shot. So now the movie is about Nicolas Cage trying to solve this uh, crime using technology that he finds in this um, in the at the, at the at the ring at the fight. Now also there's also a hurricane that's happening in Atlantic City that's about to wipe everybody out as well. So there's all kinds of stuff going on. Plus um, his biggest obstacle is his eyes keep bulging out of his head, so well, it's hard to see when he's you know looking so hard at everything. Right. Well, we're going to spoil this because there's no reason not to. It came out in 1999. Um, Gary Sinise is in on the conspiracy, and he's basically has set his friend up. He knew his friend would try to solve this problem. He basically he knew he could bribe his friend. Basically, he thought he could bribe his friend right. to make this all go away. And it turns out Nicolas Cage couldn't be bribed, and ultimately he goes through all this. He ends up hooking up, not sexually, but hooking up with uh with the carla character the, the carla's playing the character and it's about her in, in the middle of all the chaos when the shooting happens the cool thing is the palma shows it from different different angles so you see how nicholas cage puts this thing together by seeing the eye they have they had a blimp that was floating that was recording the whole thing there were other cameras everywhere and it's just the breakdown of this mystery through different camera angles it's cheesy it's nicholas cage it is cheesiest best it's a little, De Palma's a little, uh, he's, he's a, he, I don't know. It, it, it's, it's classic De Palma, but it's like kind of low rent De Palma. It's not quite up to his, uh, you know, his earlier it's stuff. It's not his best work. No, no, but he still tries a long, you know, 20 minute, uh, one shot, one take deal at the beginning. It's not, there's cuts in there that hide some it of the 12 ads. minutes. It was actually 12 minutes. 12. He also, one. I like the thing he does over the hotel rooms where he comes yeah, that up over cool. the hotel rooms mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> while she's getting away. Anyway, I love this film because it's Nicolas Cage. Um, uh, he really goes Super for it in tense. this one. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of a fun mystery. It, it gets a little, you know, he gets beat up a lot. and you, it, A normal person would have been dead halfway through the movie with all the beatings he took. Uh, by the boxer. Um, anyway, what do you guys think of this Snake Eyes? Well, I'll jump in. I saw Snake Eyes when it came out in the theater, you know, um, and I was super excited about it because it was a, it was going to be a classic Brian De Palma conspiracy mystery. 
kind of like the one that I always think of is uh, Blowout. That's the one of his that yeah, I'm, well, that's, I'm, I'm a masterpiece, and it is. Um, I, I really had a hard time with um, then, and not as much now, but when I first saw it, I really had a hard time with Cage's just kind of ridiculous not not literally shown but like coked up performance that that's what it felt like like he had done a few bumps on fight night to get super into it and he's jumping around and acting crazy and all this stuff um you know but it, it is funny i did like seeing it a, a second time I, I think i actually enjoyed it more the second time around um rashomon this is not uh let's let's be very clear well i think theoretically no, the point i know what he was right going there. for i know what you mean <laughs> right. but like this is like one of those movies where you're like there's and this is one of those things where like there's certain things in your mind that just start like clicking like this time i didn't think about it the first time or of course i don't remember that was 25 years ago so maybe i did but there's a scene where like they've kept all fourteen thousand people from the arena right. in the arena and Carlo Gugino's neck is covered in blood from the guy who gets shot, the, the Secretary of Defense. And somehow or another, all these people aren't allowed out, but they're not in the arena anymore. So they're just kind of in the causeway areas, you know, like where you'd go get your sodas and whatever. Um, and yet she goes to a, a women's bathroom and is completely alone, like right. for like five straight minutes. And I was just like. Even well, if she get, to be fair, she was blind, so she couldn't really see. Yeah, but my I guess glasses my, get broken. Yeah, her glasses get broken, and then she stole some clothes right in front of everybody. You know, she's yeah, just pulling stuff off the racks. Yeah, okay, so there's some plausible deniability going on. And there's like, like some parts of it. There's suspense, but for some reason, I could handle her stealing the clothes. I could do all that, but somehow I was just like, she's been in that bathroom a long time, and nobody's come in. Like, I just, I almost would have been like. You know, maybe I, anyway, the point is, uh, but it had some great twists. I think, you know, and I love Gary Sinise as the bad guy, like uh, turning around to be the bad guy. Who I saw really that did coming? not see that. I did not see that coming when <laughs> oh I first. Oh my God. No, really? I, you really did? Well, you know, I, I'm going to say this in before, and I think I've said this before, and I'm not going to say that it's because I'm whatever super like a lot of times with movies. I like them to surprise me. I'm not trying to figure out the movie as it's playing. I purposely yeah, don't. I, I understand that. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it pops up and I go, oh, okay. Speaking of Gary Sinise, he was in this movie called Imposter. It was like a yeah. science fiction movie. Yeah. And about half, about 45 minutes in, I was like, he's the bomb. He's the, he's the like clone with the bomb inside. Anyway, but that one just. Spoiler popped. alert. Sorry, guys, if we ever review Imposter. No, I mean, I might want to watch it. Not, not anymore. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, but like, but like I said, you know, there was some really great. I, I think I appreciated like the filmmaking aspects of it more. Yeah, but it yeah. did feel like he was kind of phoning it in a bit this time. Not Ooh, phoning, really, phoning, De, Palma? De Palma phoning, phoning. De Palma. Like, I, I, wow, not even I, phoning it in so much as going back to the maybe going back to the well one too many times. Well, he was like, trying all the tricks he does in all his films. Yeah, like I'm going to pull out the greatest hits of my. Yeah, I mean, I mean he had the split diopter and the yeah. storylines and the different techniques and stuff. I mean, it's unmistakably the Palma. Yeah, better or worse. So mm-hmm. he's got a, obviously a very clear style, which is nice to see somebody who has that. So I wish they made a movie better than this piece of shit. But well, that's what I, I was going to say. Um, I mean, it was media. It was a mediocre story. That's true. But I thought visually, it was. I thought I found it really interesting. The stuff he was doing with all the overhead shots and the camera was always moving. I found that interesting. I didn't think, I thought he was making the best of what was probably in his mind a, rel- a, a mediocre script at best. Well, I mean, I, I found that it reminded me of other movies that he'd done that I would rather be watching. 
And also it reminded me, not at the time, because I did see this in the theater, and this is only the second time that I've seen it. It also reminded me of movies that came out after, like that whole thing where the camera goes over the hotel rooms, which is pretty cool. I like that uh, technique. Spielberg did that in Minority Report, and that was also like really oh, yeah. striking and really well done and everything. So it's, I mean, it's not like these guys don't know what they're doing. And, you know, it's funny because De Palma came up in the same era mm-hmm. as Lucas and Spielberg and Coppola and Ron well, one Howard. One of the things I read too is uh, this was the last film that Spielberg looked at De Palma's rough cut. Yeah. Like he looked at all his oh. rough cuts of all his wow. films because they well, did. Was- they came up together. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- that whole crew used to watch each other's movies. I mean, right. I think even at one point De Palma watched. I think it was episode one, Star Wars. Star Wars, and he, I guess, had some had some comments about like editing and placing the story. I mean, there's there's a lot more wrong with that, but apparently he had some comments and like, I think he might have even had some comments or had something to do with the original sequence of like the crawl in Star Wars and the original Star Wars and New Hope. That's what I've read. You know, he probably he put said, he, said he didn't get it. That was probably his. He idea. said he didn't get it at all. Spielberg's the one who said, "You got something special here." Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, De Palma, when you watch, um, there's a documentary on De Palma. There's also the book uh, "Raging Bulls," and um, it's it's a book Easy about Riders those Raging Easy Bulls. Riders and Raging Bulls. Is all about sure. those guys growing, you know, coming up together. Yeah. And De Palma treated Spielberg like a little brother, like a little, you know, he was the guy that he was training. So it's a really fascinating book about the, that early years of those guys. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, this isn't his best work, but he's still trying. You know, mm-hmm. the thing about him is he tries. Like I was telling, I forget who I was talking about, Bonfire of the Vanities, which is one of his, that's a terrible film, right? I've never even seen the whole thing. But that shot of the airplane coming, landing in New York City when Melanie Griffith comes in, and you see the sunset through the, the that's a perfect, they had to plan that shot for a year to look at the, to look at maps and to see the, the rotation of the earth to get that one plane shot coming through that sunset. And De Palma had to do that in that film. The rest of the film was garbage. And he, you know, so he tries super hard. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and Nicolas Cage's performance, if you, if you don't like that, then this movie is going to be a piece of shit. But if you yeah. like that Nicolas Cage, this is like, it's like mana from heaven. I mean, but it's it, was, just like, it was just so Nicolas Cage of that. Well, so, isn't, what, what's the point? Me. I mean, no, it didn't bother me. It didn't right. bother me. I liked it. Yeah. Well, to me, it felt, it felt like Nicolas Cage was doing Nicolas Cage as opposed to like in face off. He's, it's awesome. That's different. That's, different. it's awesome. Yeah. And, and yeah. in, uh, you know, like Bad Lieutenant 2 and, and, you know, some of his earlier stuff, even Mandy and things like it, it's like that's, that's like a thing that Nicolas Cage does that nobody else does. And if somebody else did it, they'd be doing a Nick Cage impression. Yeah. Right. And he was so screamy in this. It felt like somebody said, you better jack up that Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage. And I don't know. It just, it well, was more I, distracting. I nobody, believe- else, nobody else was doing anything like that at all. They were all in a much more serious, convoluted, well, remember, um, he went through, this movie. is before his Oscar, right? This is long before Leaving Las Vegas. No, it's after, isn't it? I Leaving Las Vegas know. was like 95 or something. I'll have to look, I'll look that up. But so I just feel like, and he may in fact have been coked up for this. I mean, uh, you know, the way he played awesome. it, he could have been because, but again, to me, that's not a, that's a feature, not a bug. But I, I like, th- I like that Nicolas Cage. But when it comes to his, yeah, you're right, 95. Yeah, I mean, when we'll it comes to his performance, though, I would almost say that I think De Palma probably pushed him to make him as irritating as possible. I don't think we're supposed to like him. I don't no, think we're we're not, he's not likable till he goes through 
listen, he goes through a transition in the movie mm-hmm. where he's all he's all jacked up off for the yeah, fight and everything. But once once he interacts with her and now he's protecting her, like Ralph, you said he wouldn't take a bribe. He mm-hmm. wouldn't take a bribe because he put a face to the woman. Yeah. And he even says in the movie, if I didn't talk to you, if I didn't have a face, none of this would have happened. So Might he would have probably out. taken the bribe. Well, and they were trying cool. trying to find the they were trying to show the good in him. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And ultimately it didn't pay off for him, which no, is No, because everything that Gary Sinise said would happen to him happened right. at the end yeah. of the movie. Right. Cause he, cause he does make that thing when he's, his mouth is all swollen and everything and they've got all that stuff on him and he's like, you know, I never killed anybody. Right. And like that was kind of his Rubicon. Like he right. wouldn't cross that line. But like you said, he even says later, like perfect, you know, like you said, you know, if he hadn't had a face to her, he might not have, it might have been very different. Well, Drew, you really hated it, huh? I didn't even hate it. I just thought it was just tiresome. And, um, like if I want to watch a, a movie about an attempted assassination in a, a sports arena, I'll take sudden death with Van Damme, well, uh, you know, any day well, because that movie is like exciting and fun. And this is a conspiracy that the more that they unfold it, the less I cared about it. And then the fact that we were watching the same things over and over like Rashomon, but not as good as Rashomon made it even more. I don't know. It was just, it was exhausting. It wasn't fun. I didn't feel like, like I'm like Chris, I want to be surprised by movies and I don't mind if it feels like a puzzle I'm solving as I'm going along. And if at the end they fool me and somebody was dead the whole time, I love it. I think that's great. But this one, by the time we got to the end, I was like, I don't really care what's going on. I'm not even sure if the filmmakers know what's going on. And then there's a big wave. Like, I don't know. It was just, it was exhausting and I didn't, I didn't hate it. I just felt like I didn't need to see that. Um, when I first saw it and now all these years later, I don't feel it's any worse. Um, but it is definitely Brian De Palma doesn't get to make movies at that scale anymore. And the whole, uh, you know, it's in real time thing yeah. is again, it's more interesting than actually making the movie more entertaining because that should jack up the tension. And I just never, I just never felt that. And I think part of that is maybe because, you know, he's just like, he's repugnant, but not in an interesting way because and to me, for me, I think that's because he's Nicholas caging so hard. Is that it's like I can't get a sense of this guy Santoro, who's kind of a piece of shit who might get redeemed. He's just Nicholas Caging really hard, and I mean, I thought he was more Nicholas Cage in a, in a bad way than he was when he played himself in the excellent unbearable weight of massive talent. And I'm a big fan of Nicholas Cage, so it's like you know one of these things where he did what he was supposed to do, and it just didn't connect with me in 1998, and it still doesn't connect with me. So I bought into it completely. Uh, so John. I I I saw this movie not in the movie theater. I had I have the DVD of it, and I hadn't watched it in a long time. And frankly, I didn't remember anything. Um, I liked it. Look, when I when when you think of Nick Cage at that time, especially, you know what you're getting for the most part. So that didn't bother me. He was manic. Uh, he was energetic. Now, probably if I saw this in 1998, I wouldn't have automatically assumed that Gary Sinise was the bad guy. Right. But I now, thought John John heard. I thought it was going to be. Well, John yeah, I bring thought, John Hurd in there. Yeah, although but, but he kind of disappeared. Just, they just made such a big point out of how close they were, how right. straight laced Sinise was versus Nick Cage, right. and how Nick Cage covers for him so blatantly that you knew they were setting up that he was going to be the bad guy. So, so, and and the other thing I thought, um, but I, I have to tell you, I enjoyed this movie. I liked the way it unfolded because I wasn't quite sure why this was happening. 
and you know why how the boxer was involved and all that stuff so that i liked as it progressed my biggest complaint about it was it felt like the ending was like really really rushed and it just all of a sudden ends and it was like i I was kind of like even that whole scene where he's walking with the tracker on his back and gary Sinise is right behind him um and and he only sees him because there's a shadow and then he he says make her unlock the door well the problem with that was they locked it from the outside he locked her in she couldn't get out so how can she unlock the door when it was locked from the outside that made no sense and i also read that the the hurricane there was a big scene of the hurricane that didn't end up making it in the film. ILM did the effects for it. So well, I don't know. Part of it is when an ambulance is going away at the end, you see the wave. They cut before the wave takes the ambulance down. So what it was, was going to be? A- I mean, th- that was going to have some because reper- he even mentions it in a line yeah. at the end. Uh, so that was going to have some. Maybe maybe that would have made the ending more interesting. But for me, I I actually enjoyed the build up. Like I, I did like the fact that you know when he, when he saw the box through the door, and then they show that scene from the box's perspective. Yeah, I, I love, actually yeah, like that. That yeah. kept my interest. But I did feel like, and I thought Nick, I thought Cage was crazy in the beginning. But as he started to realize one that he was betrayed, and two that he had a responsibility to this woman, um, he he wasn't quite as manic as he was in the beginning of the movie. So I like that change. Plus, he was um, getting the shit beat out of him. Yeah, well, that too. But I just felt the ending, it was like they just, uh, it was very lackluster for me. And I actually, I thought De Palma, I, and I, I remember as I'm watching it, I, I thought visually I found it really interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, maybe he phoned it in, but uh, De Palma phoning it in is still visually better than most directors out there. Oh, yeah. So gotcha. I enjoyed that. I, I, didn't, I didn't use the word phoning it in. I no, just no, said it's I not on the level of his, like you, you mentioned blowout and dress to right. kill and. You know, all that. I mean, I even love another one of his that I think is fantastic that's probably not mentioned as much is Carlito's Way with Pacino. You know, I really like Carlito's Way. I think that's a pretty good movie. Um, and but but I know I'm with you, John, especially that ending. It's like so they're in this cage and then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, the cop car crashes right through it. Right. Just at the right moment. It's like, yeah, it just felt like obviously I think that was probably something that they picked up when they did decided not to use the uh, right. The way, yeah, yeah. It was just anticlimactic for the buildup that was there. Yeah. All right. So, just so you guys know, right after he did this one, he did Eight Millimeter. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen that one. Yes, I have. He was a very dour, no <laughs> reaction, right? Like, very subdued in that one. Well, that's the funny thing about Nicolas Cage is he'll do these like out of control performances, and I feel like honestly, I'm going to say this: I feel like this was the start of it. Like you know, you had crazy Nicolas Cage and Wild at Heart. But I still felt he, that he was pretty under control. Like he was starting to show that Nicholas Cage. Oh, I'm looking at. Yeah, I was thinking about Vampire's Kiss. Kiss, yeah. Kiss of Kiss of Death. Yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, no, no. He's 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 been doing this early, and and sprinkling it throughout his. I mean, but, then he's, but like you said, after Eight Millimeter, he's very reserved in that one. He did yeah, that movie, yeah. which I really liked. It wasn't great or anything, but The Weatherman. Yeah, that that's movie. actually a good movie. Yeah, you know where he's really like low key. And did uh, what was that other one he did? Lord of War was pretty good. That's an excellent movie. You City know? of Angels. Come Family on. Man. Well, he's trying to start a fight now. With Kay Leone. <laughs> right. uh, so yeah, no, it, I have a question. Is, yeah. Did you guys watch the credits till the end? Yes. I okay, did. so I have a question because mm. I noticed they kept showing the construction workers. So I said, yeah. okay, there's got to be a reason why they're keeping this going and at the very end they show a column 
mm-hmm. with a red jewel in it. Yep. I don't get it. And it, what did I miss? It, well, okay, I didn't get it either. And and plus, they put in this weird little effect where like it a sparkle. Yeah, yeah. Know? I didn't get it until I actually read somewhere um, that it said that that was supposedly the body of the redhead. That remember when Gary Sinise kills two yeah. of his accomplices? She had a red ring on, and that he must have he threw their bodies into like a cement mixer. Yeah, but she had the red ring when she was in the red dress, not when she was dressed up in the military garb. Well, and that's hey, when he killed her. That's just what I read. Oh, so they buried him in the columns. They buried him in the cement. They threw their bodies in the yeah. cement. Cement gets poured into the columns. Oh. And, but you would, you could say this: whether she was wearing it or not, he would have thrown everything. Right. Okay. All every trace of her. But that's why I was yeah. like, "There's got to be something going on because they're st- sticking with." These yeah, that's why guys. I watched it till the so end. There's got to be like, an after credit scene, like in the Marvel movies. Yeah. And it paid off, and I went, "What the hell was that? <laughs> I didn't even get it." Yeah, well, you know, I, listen, like, and I, speaking of the end, I like that he didn't get away with it. He yeah. didn't get all the no. accolades and all the, you know, it had a down it's ending really where great. he he got punished, right? Yeah, everything, everything they said was going to happen happened. Yeah. Happened. He's like, but he also is going to end up hooking up with Carla. Good gene. Oh, I hope he does. I have to admit, I'm just throwing this out here. That felt like so tacked on. No, I thought they had chemistry, real chemistry. <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, it felt so tacked yeah. on. Like, yeah. it was just like, oh, hey, I'm this really upstanding person who's going to whistleblow and basically destroy my possible career, you know, and any future career I might have in the, you know, in any kind of government work. Um, Hey, let me get together with the, you know, the crooked cop who's about to go away for who saved, who her, saved life. her life. Who saved her life. Yeah. He saved her life. I mean, come on. And, you and know, got ultimately, the shit beat out of him. and it was because of her that he did what he did. Now he, he ends Work. up getting punished anyway, but, uh, you know. So that's, you know what, then, then I'm sorry. Then you, 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 you rent a hotel room for a weekend, you F his brains out for a weekend, and you call it. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> feckin', you went fucking crazy. I'm really surprised. I'm surprised that came from you. I thought they really. Well, I'm just saying, like, I just. Aren't you a Cub Scout leader? Wow. <laughs> hey, not a, not a good message for all the Cub Scouts out there. Jeez Louise. Wow. This like, is not for hey, kids. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Anyway, but all, right, all right. Well, let's uh, let's rate this sucker, okay? I mean, I'm I'm Yippie Kaye. Obviously, I brought it, so I love it. But I gotta tell you what I think. <clears throat> Yippie Kaye. Is that, I don't know who you doing there, Nicholas. That was yeah, that crazy? was no. That's a, uh, that's Adam uh, Sandler, not Adam Sandler. Who's the guy on Saturday Night Live doing Nicholas Cage? Oh, that's who that was. Oh, Andy Samberg. And, yeah. Andy Samberg. I'm gonna go yippee ki meh. Like there was a lot of fun stuff in it, but I don't think it held to get like you know how sometimes you watch a movie and you go. The sum of its parts did not eat. You know how sometimes you watch a movie and you're like, it's greater than the sum of its parts? I think this was actually less than the sum of its parts. Okay. I'm going to say Yippie Kai Nay because it's not good and I didn't enjoy it, but it did make <laughs> me want to go back and revisit a De Palma film that I did enjoy when I watched it. And 20 years later, I am curious to see if Femme Fatale is still oh, sexy and entertaining. Rebecca Romaine. Yeah, and Antonio Banderas. Because that yeah. felt like a De Palma thriller where he was just sort of going on all cylinders so crazy pervy. and everything but it's tw- he is very pervy but it's like it's it's 20 years ago and i'm really curious like snake eyes felt exactly the same and i had the same reaction i was like well that wasn't good yeah but you know it's sometimes fun to go back and look at stuff like sometimes well, i like won't that. watch rrr for a whole week and then i'll go back and i'll watch it again it's and like it's, it's like oh, how new, different right? is it? Yeah. yeah so it's it's interesting first of all like that because they go at a hotel and bang each other <laughs> in that movie yeah that's true all yeah. right so uh good Sexy that's movie. it good good job um, what about you ralph 
I said, I said, yippee oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, of course. I brought it. I love that. I love it. I love the film. Yeah. Very Trolls, 90s. And very yeah, 90s. It is, it is very 90s. Most of the cast. Yeah. yeah. What the hell? At least I got to be on TV. All right, so let's do a round of what you watch, and this time I'm going to start. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, because uh, I'm going to talk about this in our other podcasts we do, but I did go to a, I'm telling you guys, you guys know this, a film screening of RRR, and I had an absolute feckin' blast. I, I, it was just so much fun to walk into a theater where before the movie started, I, and it turns out some of the people work with Chris, I just out of the blue, they started, some guy was mentioning a movie and he sees me react and he starts talking to me and we just all start talking about all these Indian films that we have. Didn't watched. you say he saw you raise your eyebrow? I raised my eyebrow and I, you know, I got all excited and I mentioned the podcast. I mentioned some films, some other people were mentioning Lagan and all this stuff. And then I, again, I told this story about the trailers. There's four, there were four Indian trailers before the, before the film started. And there was a 12 year old girl sitting in front and every trailer at the end of it, she said, Oh my God, that looks terrible. Oh, what a piece of crap. Oh, and her parents are getting like, just, shh, shh, shh. you know, she's just being obnoxious. RRR, credits end, movie ends. She gets up and goes, Oh my God, that's the greatest movie I've ever seen in my life. And that's how we all felt. And we all hung around after the fact and kind of just like, just wallowed in the glow of having seen that film together. And it, it was a glow. And as I said, I, when I streamed it, I didn't catch half the stuff that I caught focused on the movie because when you're home streaming, you're on, you're trying not to do it, but your phones, mm -hmm. distractions, right. whatever. When I watched this, I had a completely different experience watching this in the movie theater. <laughs> and I think I'm, I'm, I want to talk about it on this podcast for the 120, 150 people that watch this, but this is a movie that, that they should see. If you can go to the movie theater, try to get to the movie theater. If you can't stream it, it's an amazing experience and um, one like you'll never. Like, but if you've you know, never seen one of these movies, you have to know it's a long movie. You it's just a long, it's a long movie. In. And you got to kind oh. of, you know, commit to it. But if you give into it, you'll be happy as a yeah, You won't have to work to commit to it. It'll, no. it'll grab you. So. Well, I got to tell you, like I was telling Ralph, I told everyone who I've told to see this movie have loved it. One guy, I said, listen, you got to watch this movie. He said after 20 minutes, he couldn't watch any of it. Yeah, I had one friend like that too. Yeah, and I said, "Well, you got to give it a chance." I mean, but then I thought to myself, if you can't get into it after the first twenty minutes with those two big action scenes, oh yeah, you're not going to be into well, it. Well, to be fair, that first scene where he jumps into the crowd, yeah, is so absurd. Yeah, not, I mean, they're both absurd. The tiger scene cool. is absurd, but that the, for me, the tiger scene is like holy. The other one, because you, you, if you're not quite into it, you're going, "This is ridiculous." Right. That guy would be dead within. You know, once those people pile on them, but you, once you break through that and you just go with it, the, for me, it's the bridge scene when the two guys oh, yeah. rescue when the they... kid off the bridge. Sure. And I don't know when you saw it, uh, Drew, you other. saw it, right? You did go see it. I also went to the theater. The, the way my weekend worked out schedule wise, I was not able to go to an evening screening. Yeah. So Kelly and I went, there was one other person there. So I didn't get the, um, the crowd experience. I also had a fantastic time with it though. To watch it that big, that loud in the original yeah, Telugu, yeah. it was really, um, it was just so exciting and it felt like seeing a lot of it again, uh, for the first time just yeah. because the, the scale of it. And it is a gigantic movie. Yeah. And I, I mean, I have a nice setup here and I'll be happy to watch it in many other movies, but 
and it wasn't IMAX or anything. It was just a big man. Although one thing that was funny, you know, you have to plan your urination yeah. uh, more specifically. And you can, we could do it because we've seen the movie before. So it's like, okay, well, when, um, when they get Jenny's tire flat and they go to the market, if you have to go, that's a, that's a fine time to go. It's not, you're not missing any big scene or whatever. But, uh, we were all lined up for the intermission and the interval thing came up and we were like, okay, let's take a quick break. And then it just kept going. And uh, so Kelly uh, went out and, and just out of curiosity said to the people at customer service, Hey, do you, do you guys know you're supposed to run a 10 minute intermission when that comes up in the film? And they were completely mystified. They had <laughs> no idea that they were supposed to do that. And they called other over another employee like, Hey, are we supposed to do that? And the guy went, Oh, I don't know. The very so, first movie know, I ever went to, my bizarre. mother took me to, to go see Oliver. And that had an intermission in it. 15 no. minutes. That was that the Stoughton, in Stoughton Massachusetts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that came movies. up. That, in that scene, listen, I would love to see this where people are going, dancing and going crazy. Because when that scene happens at that party and all those animals come out, I could feel the energy. Oh, yeah. Feel the energy. Well, Ralph, one person's going to take the lead to do that. It should have been you. What's the, No, I can't do that. But, and then when I, the two hands clasp and the interval came up, I'm the one who hooped and hollered. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, because I thought I'd have a little time. And then it just gets it dives right into the, to the movie. Yeah. Um, fantastic. I, I can't recommend enough. I'm trying to get other people to go with me. I'll keep going. It's a three hour film, but I want to sit there with people who haven't seen it just to get their. It's reaction. not playing anywhere around here. Yeah, you well, as far as I can tell that the last shows are going to be Wednesday. Really? Oh, and then bad. I don't think it's here through the next weekend. Cause I, I mean, I would totally go and see it again and try to go see it in the evening. Yeah. I mean, I do but, have a 105 um, inch screen. So I mean, I tell no, you I mean, what, that's the thing that that's a great way to watch it. Yeah. Of course. But I, I am, I am sorry that I got the theater experience, but not the kind that, that you had, Ralph. Like that is really yeah. a special yeah, way to, to share that movie. So yeah, I, yeah, I was telling awesome John, you know, that. you leave an American film. You're, you don't want to look at anybody. You're just, I got to get out of here. I don't want to be. Then you have to go, you go in the bathroom with all the same people. It's like, oh, but this one, we were all, all of us wanted to talk about. It yeah, was great. Cool. It was great. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chris, what'd you watch? Uh, yeah, I actually caught up with a movie. I was super excited. Um, as many of you know, I, I have the Criterion channel and I love it. It's amazing. And one of the things this, this month, they have two kind of collections. One is about seven films from Michelle Yao in her early days, uh, due to the, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, but they also have about 30 films by Isabelle Huppert, who is a French actress who is absolutely amazing. Uh, I've seen her in a bunch of different things, but the movie that she was in was the first film I really remember her being in. Uh, it's called Amateur. It's from 1994 by Hal Hartley. Sure. I, I watched it. I actually saw it in the theater. Um, I think I might have been in England um, when I saw it, but so, but that's what turned me on to Hal Hartley, and it's one of those movies that uh, it's almost impossible to find. I don't think it's streaming anywhere other than here. Uh, like you can't even rent it. I don't think I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I've looked for like the Blu-ray or the DVD, and it's like you can get the DVD secondhand for like forty dollars, and I was like, eh. You know, but, but it's like, streaming on Criterion is what you're saying. But it's on Criterion okay. right now, and it is a funny. It is it is a very strange. It is like '90s independent cinema, like distilled, yeah. right? I'll bet. Yeah, it's very strange. It's very weird. It's got a lot of quirky humor in it. Uh, it's basically about a woman who is a nun or an ex-nun who's an infomaniac, um, but who's never slept with a man. And when the guy says to her. Uh, 
how can you be a nymphomaniac if you've never slept with me? I'm choosy. You know, <laughs> just things like that. And basically what it starts off and there's a guy who has, who's got amnesia and uh, who was, you know, we think he might at first it opens with him laying in the street in New York city and he wakes up, he's got amnesia and he meets this woman and things just get, I, I, I just have a question. What's all that background noise? It's his dog. Okay. It's gotta be his dog. Dog. The dog oh. is chewing. We got her a new okay. bone, and she's she's chewing her bone. Okay, no, okay. Sorry. I just wanted to make sure it wasn't something else going on. That's why I've been on mute for like half this. I don't want to yell at her for chewing on her bone. Right? Hey, at least his phone isn't blinging. <laughs> yeah, I anyway, don't miss that. But um, but yeah, so that was the one thing I really watched. It caught up with um, amateur, and it was it's. I'm probably going to try to catch up with it again. Is I it remember- part of that? What was that uh, '90s video where they just shot with digital eight cameras, and it was pure nothing no lighting no no no, it wasn't dogma 95 no no this is this looks really really good well what it did was it also led me to his his three what he calls his uh long island trilogy uh the unbelievable truth right trust which was actually quite popular on the independent circuit and actually my absolutely favorite film of his called simple men um he came from he's part of the what they call the purchase mafia it's like he and a bunch of people came out of uh at uh, SUNY Purchase, which is like the middle class art school for New York. Um, Edie Falco is probably the most famous person that came out of that whole group. Robert, um, I think it's Robert Burke, the guy who was in Thinner. He was in Robocop oh, 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd know him if you saw him. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of stuff. So a lot of those dudes, uh, a lot of the, some of those people. But it really great to revisit it. Um, so happy I got a chance to see it again. It's great. All right. Uh, Drew. Well, uh, the most exciting thing this week we've already talked about was to finally get to see RRR in the theater. And um, one thing I saw that was very exciting, uh, Ram Charan was on a, a show in Los Angeles in the morning and uh, talking about the movie and how excited he was to be there for the Oscars and everything. And they said to him, one of the reporters said to him, so let me ask you, uh, in that scene in Natu Natu, uh, was it sped up? And you're he lying, said, you're "Well, you're just doing this." No, I swear, I'll send you the clip. He goes, he goes. Well, not not really. The only speeding up was the seven straight days of all day rehearsal that we did before we did the the scene. Yeah. And um, he he sort of implied that he might be involved in the performance of uh the song at the Oscars, which would oh, be that pretty would exciting. Be incredible. That would be pretty crazy. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, I watched um a movie I was hoping would be more fun than it was. Uh, I watched Megan. The uh, oh. little girl robot yeah, movie. That, I wanted to see that. It's not. It's not awful. Like it's just kind of fun and dumb. But it it could be a lot nastier and a little like unhinged because it's from the same people that made Malignant, and so it doesn't get anywhere near that level. Um, I watched a really sweet movie called Brian and Charles about a lonely Welsh man who uh, lives alone on a farm and tinkers and invents things. And he invents a robot out of a washing machine that actually works and becomes his friend. And it's very sweet and very funny and, um, was, uh, was a, a nice little charming movie to watch. Who, who's in that? Uh, nobody. Oh, and, I've, seen, uh, I've seen something. Uh, whoever's in yeah. it. It's on, it's on prime. Would, I think their parents and, would think. They're somebody. Well, yes, but that's, yeah. Well, as I far mean, as, as far as their notoriety in, in film, I wasn't trying to diminish them as human beings. Okay. Well, that's, um, I kind of got that. I mean, the robot is the most memorable, but it's, it's just, it's a sweet movie. It was well, based it on called? a short. So it's called, uh, Brian and Charles. Hey, back and to I Megan won't tell you which one is okay. the robot because that'll be part of the yeah. suspense. Don't spoil that. 
Uh, back Never. to Megan, just for real quick. Yeah. I liked Megan, and I actually liked it more than I liked Cocaine Bear. I had more wow. laughs at Megan than okay. I did Cocaine Bear. And I mean, it's silly fun. Here, you know, any doll man. movie's strange anyway, but <laughs> that she thing does, was creepy looking. That she, and she does that dance down the well, hall. Well, that's thing. a it's big meme now, that dance I know. number. It's, anyway, hey, I, I digress. Well, also, so. I mean, you know, they, they did some really interesting stuff with, you know, the, the makeup and the prosthetics and the, the stunt woman and the actress. And like, it's, it's, they, they put a lot of effort into they making did. it both photo real and, and very uncanny valley yeah. and and very weird. So yeah. I'm 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 sure Megan 2.0 is in the offing because the sure. the movie was was a success and they certainly leave it open for that. I also uh, the other thing I'll say is I watched uh, I didn't watch it live because it started at 10 and that's too late for me. Um, Chris Rock's new special selected oh, yeah. outrage yeah. and it was not good. Um, no, I was uh, had a little hometown pride that it was streaming it live on Netflix from the Hippodrome here in Baltimore. Uh, well, down there in Baltimore. But, um, I mean, he's obviously, you know, one of the greatest stand-ups of all time. This just wasn't, it just wasn't his best. It wasn't the best looking, uh, thing. Joel Gallen, who did all the amazing MTV music video awards stuff over the years, he directed it. And it was just sort of bright and flat. And he's leaned more and more into that thing that he does where he, um, he repeats the thing over and over because I'm talking about selective outrage. And then he says something, he goes selective outrage, like it's mammoth with less, uh, you know, cursing. And it just, it made everything feel longer. So I didn't care for it. And then at the end, he basically said, Will Smith is a big asshole who hit me and fuck that guy. Okay. I mean, yeah, I don't disagree. So that was, uh, that was a little disappointing, but well, and he um, did it in the Baltimore. Jada. Yeah, I said he Smith's, did it at the Hippodrome. Jada he did it at the Smith's hometown. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so there yeah, might have so, been something behind that too. But also, I mean, he um he's been as as a stand up does and should, he's been doing that material on his on his tour building up to the special. So yeah. because it's a day where you can't keep anything secret, some of those jokes are are out there and he actually made a joke about the movie Concussion and then um uh Will Smith actually gave him a concussion but he screwed up the title of the movie and then he goes wait I blew that joke. So that was actually the only sort of real human moment and it was kind of funny not even in a laughing at him way just like like because uh, you hear him say it and I won't say what the joke is that he ruins if you want to watch it but you're kind of like mm, wait I th- mm, and then he realizes it so it's kind of funny. Mm. But you know he's he's Chris Rock. I mean he's yeah. he's uh, he's a uh, uh, one of the greatest of of all time uh at stand up at at writing at comedy and so yeah. It's getting it's uh, getting weird like pushback and reviews some people love it some people hate it the black yeah, I mean, community I'm doesn't sure. like it the white community doesn't like it the white community loves it i mean i don't care about any of it like he talks about some stuff like you know being woke and things like that and he's got his own perspective on it and it's all i think really thoughtful and reasonable kind of stuff but um there's nothing in it that offended me and it is chris rock i was kind of hoping there'd be more of those kind of moments and yeah. there, there really, there really aren't, but that, you know, it's, it's just, it was okay. And I was a little surprised that Chris Rock did a new special live for Netflix, which they've never done before. And it was just okay, mm-hmm. but I'd rather watch him than Dave Chappelle because at least it was an hour. Dave Chappelle would be like four hours. Right. So. Right. Oh. All right. Johnny boy. Uh, so I watched, uh, the Murdoch trial and oh, I, watched that's a fun him, one. I watched him testify because uh, he was sunk and he felt like he could put one over on the jury. And obviously he didn't. He's a, uh, he's a sociopath. 
But as a result of that, I ended up watching the Netflix special Murder on Murders, the Southern Scandal. Yeah, Kelly watched that. It's crazy. Unbelievable how many dead bodies are around that family. It is. Yeah. It is. And that guy, if anyone deserves the death penalty, it's that guy. Two life, two life prison sentences isn't enough for that guy. Awful. And, you know, it's funny because when he was on the stand, you know, he was bawling his eyes out or, or he wasn't actually crying. In fact, even some of the jury said that he was blowing snot, but he wasn't really crying to show how emotional he was. But when they handed down the verdict, it was like dead, dead in his eyes, like no reaction whatsoever. Well, he's uh, a isn't, lawyer. Isn't he, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, lawyer. isn't he a litigator? So yeah, he's, well, he's, he's both, just kind of what it's he a does. weird story. He's both a prosecutor he was and a defense a, attorney. He was, he was a prosecutor yeah. and a defense oh. attorney. Yeah. But, and he, they thought, I mean, Maria's all into this. Of course, yeah. she's a, you know, suburban mom and the suburban moms love all these mystery things and all this <laughs> true crime thing. true crime and uh she and was like he's doing that just he, he thought he could do that and he would sway the jury with well of course you wouldn't testify blubbering. otherwise right he felt like he would be able to and he did i mean listen if you watched his testimony he was better than almost you know, most witnesses you ever see who, yeah. who are on the stand for themselves <clears throat> but he also tripped himself up he lied for a year i mean yeah. the guy, like i said he's a sociopath uh and he des- he deserves a hell of a lot more than this. I'm just telling you. But when you hear about the maid uh, who died, the housekeeper, some young mm-hmm. gay kid died, mm-hmm. they think it's related to the son. I mean, just horrible. And he got busted because uh, the the son recorded something, and his voice was on the recording when he said he wasn't there. That's what sunk the guy. Yep. So so mm-hmm. from and and that was uh, that was introduced very late in the trial. So he thought he'd been lying for over a year about that. Now he finally gets caught. And of course, it's because he was, you know, he was a uh, druggie. So that's why he, you oh, know, that's he right. All that money back. with the oxy. Uh, and yeah, of the course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they said it. They said if he spent all that money on oxy, he'd have oxy for 114 years. Right. So they want to know where all that money went. But the, yeah. the, the Netflix special, now that the verdict is out, because at the time the special came out, obviously there was no verdict. Um, it makes you realize how right on that verdict was <laughs> because yeah. that family the entire family by the way yeah bad people and the the lives that they destroyed but if you get a chance check it out especially now now that you know he's going to rot in jail that's what that takes place in south carolina south carolina yeah yeah, yeah. and he's only i think 54 is weird that justice I mean? down there weird setup well uh there's yeah, a white lawyer guy actually said, is going to go to prison that's crazy uh, uh, the lawyer said in south carolina a life sentence is a life sentence it's not 20 years for good behavior. You go away for life. And they're going to even tack on. So he's got two life sentences, and they're also going to go after him for financial crimes, too, yeah. to tack on even more. Well, I don't I know what think, that uh, I think another six or nine years each for two weapons charges. I don't know if they're being served concurrently or consecutively, but, I mean, they they are just going to put as much on there as they can. And even if good. he works up a lot of good time, they say he even if he was possibly able to get out, he's looking at 60 years. So he's going to die in prison yeah. anyway. And yeah. that's, and he should. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that's what I watched and it was, right. I, I found fat and they're, they're 50 minutes each, each episode, but it's cool. really, really interesting. I really enjoyed it. And I'm not really into that stuff like you are Ralph, but yeah. I found this really interesting. So that's yeah. what I'm watching. All right. Cool. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We'll we'll do one more uh spin of the wheel um for uh another movie. And then we're going to we'll have we'll, we'll talk about this uh and so the next run we're going to try some themed kind of like what we did with the Ron Robbins, not quite there. Chris and I threw some ideas up, but I I don't want to talk about it till we see Sean and Debbie. 
yeah. um, and kind of get everybody's opinion on it. Not that it really matters because I'm probably going to do it anyway, <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> well, Ralph, it's your show. Yeah, you should be you. able to do what you want. <laughs> you so, know me. I'm so, but that. still, we'll pretend <laughs> like it matters, and then we'll okay. make the decision. Okay. So whacked. Right. So <laughs> I'm going to act yeah. like Nick Cage then. I'm so All right, so now we're this. just going to spin for the next person to do a movie. Now, Wait. are Debbie and Sean going to be on the wheel because they're not here? Yeah, yeah, they're you? on the wheel. It yeah, should yeah. just be us three. No, no. That Debbie and Sean will be on the wheel as well. And that improves our odds <laughs> dramatically. You know, Debbie did call me after the last one, reminding me that it's a TV show that we do. Mm. And I said, well, what? maybe we should talk about the movie a little bit. What, Ralph? Instead of, uh, you know. So so we're going to have a little conversation. It'll be fun. Um, yeah, exactly. I did right. like the live room shot. I, I, I That's staying. Oh, that was good. That's staying. The washing machine percent I just don't want her, I don't want that to be her reason for telling, purposely telling dumb jokes, right. which I think. Like not watching happen. the movie. And I just want the dumb jokes, jokes to happen naturally. Right. Not, not right. practice them. You want it to be organic. That's organic. Organic dumb, dumb jokes, of course. That's All right, so let's go to the wheel. All right, so there's the wheel. Five of you guys, I've already done this. So we'll spin this, see what the next one is. Let's start. Hey, hey, hey. Okay. All right. Bigger, big, big winner. All right. I believe I'm sure it'll be a there classic. Is a god. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be a classic. We got to clear the palette. It might be an Armier Khan film. I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I'm so into him, man. Yeah, I'm so into him. All right. So there you go. John. All right. We'll thank you, everybody. Film. Yep. I will um, not let my audience down. As a matter of fact, should we ask them to do something for us? Our audience? Yeah. Subscribe. I think if I were them, I know what I'd do. I would subscribe. I'd hit the notification button. And for the love of God, please smash the like button. Right. And go check out RRR. Yeah. Go check out RRR. Check out yeah. our other channel, too. You guys, we don't get a lot of hits on this one, but check out our Indian Cinemaniac channel, too. There's some good movies I know people, on there. I, I try like to them. explain what's going I know. on, and they just, they hear Indian film, and they're Listen, like, Listen, nope, if you said it to me is... before we watched all these movies, I would have said the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. It's as I'm getting into this and seeing. No, it's such a wonderful discovery. It, it is. really it's is. a whole world we didn't it know. It is. It is. It, a world has it. opened up to us. It's like the world is an oyster. Well, and they're just very, I just love the communication back and forth. I mean, it's just the, the love well, of film for uh, the them. Well, the back and forth in the comment section is. Yeah. Phenomenal. But first of all, like Radisson, they're pissed that it was even on the wheel. I don't blame Some them. Some of them. And Some I'm of like, them love it. I'm like, hey, I don't blame them. I'm like, the wheel is like fate. There's nothing we can do about it. The wheel, the wheel what are we going to do? You know? So All I know is that's a big country, and one person said they agreed with me. So I was very happy. They go, <laughs> at, at 450, Ralph was right. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. What? They do that, they do that now and then. Tell yeah. us that stuff. <laughs> so, so, all right. So, all John, right. let us know the film as quick as you can. I will, I'll, uh, well, we'll it's early, and so we know. plenty of time. Yeah, and they'll be on it. They'll be on it, and uh, all we'll, right. we'll see what happens. All right? Great. All right, everybody. Good. Have a good As week. As always, See you for guys. those of you between 150 and 175 who watch, thank you. Yeah. Who cares how much they weigh? We need more. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Nick Cage here. Nick Cage. Renfield. Go see that. Oh, yeah. That looks good. All right. Over and out. Later. <laughs>